This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Today, as we continue this message series about the contrast zone, or 1 John, a book of contrast, what we're looking at is the contrast between life and death today. We've been looking at light and darkness, and God and the world, and love and hate, truth and deception. Today we settle in on uh, this choice, this option that we have between life and death. Sounds kind of heavy, doesn't it? I'd like to talk to you about uh, the way in which most people find their pathway to God or find their pathway to life. In most cases, people come to faith in Jesus by belonging first. There's a sense of you belong to a place or you um, experience something that you want to have before you believe. And behavior comes last. This is natural for us in that all of us have a, a desire to belong somewhere. Now, we need to belong to a family. And if we're part of a family that's pretty dysfunctional, then we're going to find a family. We're going to find a gang. We're going to find something or someone to hang out with. And uh, some of us join clubs or some of us, we, we look for a place of identity in a community or in a school or at work or in a church. But there's this desire to belong. And it's when we belong to people, to uh, have an identity with people that, that know Jesus, that believe in Jesus, we begin to want what they have. You know, um, we really are blessed with a great youth ministry, and we're really thankful for these young people that were able to journey to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and to be able to experience something together where you rub shoulders with folks and you do things together. But you know, sometimes we Christians, we've gotten it all wrong, and we thought that... Uh, First of all, we need to get people to behave right. Uh, we need people to get their act together first. And sometimes a lot of people have this misguided idea that, you know, before I can come to God, or I've got to get my act together and shape up before Jesus will accept me and before the church will accept me. And I think sometimes we Christians, we've kind of given that message. Whereas uh, this is very opposite of the way that Jesus lived his life. For you remember that Jesus came to this world with a message for people. Uh, he came to uh, the down and out. He came to the outcast. He came to the poor. He came to the people that didn't have anything going for him. He, he came to the lost sinners. He came to people that would not hang out with anybody else. People had no more options or no more choices. And he said to them, you belong. So belonging comes first, not behaving. And because Jesus would hang out with the non-religious, would hang out with people that didn't give any thought to God, to people who had really messed up in life, they began to get a message. They began to understand that God accepts us where we are. And it's not up to us to clean up the messes of our life apart from God. We come to God with messes and all. And it's through our relationship with God's people and with Jesus 
that our behavior changes. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is, is this understanding of maybe you've been hanging out here for a while. Maybe you're someone that's checking this place out. You're trying to figure out this whole thing called Christianity. You're trying to understand what does it mean to actually be a believer. And so 1 John is written so that uh, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone that loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. So we're going to be looking at the characteristics of faith in, in Jesus Christ. And the first characteristic that is true of people who really believe is that people love the offspring. If you love God, you love the Father, you're going to really be in love with the spitting image of the Father and that's Jesus Christ. I uh, had three children, and they were really weird growing up, and they're still weird. Uh, and my sons would refer to themselves as SOBs. SOBs. Sons of Bob. <laughs> and my daughter, she would refer to herself as the offspring, the offspring. When Alexandra was expecting um, our first grandson, she texted me and she said, your offspring is having an offspring. <laughs> well, I can't imagine not loving my daughter's son. I mean, that would be crazy, wouldn't it, for me to, to love my offspring but not love their offspring. It's crazy for us to say to anyone, I, I love you, but I, I don't love your kid. I don't love your child. I don't love your baby. And so one of the characteristics of people who believe, who, who have come to know God, is that they really fall in love with Jesus, the Son of God. Because to love God, to know God, is to love and know the offspring to know Jesus. Well, let's read on in verses 2 and 3, as we work our way through 1 John chapter 5. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You know, I think sometimes uh, we indicate that we're not really fully in love with God when when we think that this whole thing about Christianity is such a burden, that it's a tough thing to bear in our life, uh, John is telling us, hey, you know, if you really believe this, Jesus, if you're really into this stuff, it's not a problem. It's not a problem to love God. It's not a problem to love other people. Because we've been loved. And so we, we don't love other people because we have to. We love other people because there's something that's happened in our hearts that makes us want to. We don't do good things so we can earn God's favor. We do good things because we already know we have God's favor. We don't love people because we're afraid that if we mess up, we're going to be punished for it. We love because we already know we've been accepted and loved by God unconditionally. 
And we can't help ourselves but to do this too. If Christianity is a burden to us, maybe we don't have the real thing. Because when you are living in the love of God, you can't help yourself but want to do what God's will is and what pleases God all the time. It's a different kind of motivation. Well, reading on in verse 4, another characteristic of those who are believers, for those who have experienced this life in Jesus, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, the world is tough. The world beats us up. The world abandons us. The world doesn't forgive us. The world doesn't give us second chances. The world walks out when we mess up. And sometimes, you know, we just feel like a punching bag. Just beat up by people and life and the world. And we cannot do this on our own. But there's something that overcomes that. And that's faith. It's not just any faith. It is the faith. It is the faith in the Son of God. There is a faith that sustains us. John is talking about this faith that has come into our life, that it's real. It's solid. We can depend on it. It's one of the few times the Scripture talks about faith as a noun. The idea is that we have this faith and we know it. And that is what believers really have and can rely on. Now, I promise you not to preach about my grandson, Oren, every Sunday. Uh, but I was holding him a couple of days ago and yesterday. And as I was holding Oren, he gripped hold of my finger. That, that boy has got a, a grip. And he, as he was holding on to my finger... I was thinking, you know, what's, what's going on in his mind? I know he was holding on to the one that was holding him. And I thought of God, and I thought of our faith. And I, and I think sometimes you and I get this faith idea wrong. We think our faith depends upon our ability to hold on to God. Well, it's kind of like Oren clutching my finger. But faith belief in the one who's holding us. I wouldn't drop him for a minute. Our faith in God is, is believing that God is holding us, no matter what happens to us, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what storm is going on, no matter what we've done, what other people are doing to us. Guess what? God is holding us, and he will not let us go. And we can depend on that. And when you have that kind of faith, you can overcome the world. Well, let's read on. What are the other characteristics of those who come to believe? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. 
for there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has been that he has born concerning his son. So the scripture says there's three witnesses. There's three ways in which God is testifying that Jesus is the son of God. There is water, there is blood, and there is the spirit. What does water mean? Water can refer to baptism. It can refer to Jesus's baptism. When Jesus was baptized, do you remember the story in the gospel? The heavens open, and God the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That was a testimony. That was a witness that God gave. But water can also refer to something else. It's water and the blood. When Jesus hung on the cross, in that practice of that day, they would go to the criminals on the cross, and they would break their bones to speed up their death. As they came to Jesus' cross that day, they were to break his bones, but they didn't because they found out that he was already dead. But just to make certain, we read that instead one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you may believe that his testimony is true and he knows that he tells the truth. An eyewitness account telling us what? Telling us that Jesus Christ was not a ghost. Jesus Christ was not a fabrication of someone's imagination. He's not an invention. He was real flesh and blood and the Son of God gave his life literally on the cross for us. And I was there. I was there, the witness says. And it's really not my witness. It's God's witness that the water and the blood pours out of Jesus, our cleansing, our life, our salvation. It's as if God is saying, that's my son hanging on the cross. How can you ever question my sacrificial love for you? That's the witness of God. And those who believe, those who have this faith in Jesus Christ, believe in the centrality of that, of that life, that death that's been poured out literally for us. But there's a third witness. There's the Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that the Spirit of God lives inside of us, lives inside the baptized, lives inside the believers. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're a child of God. So if you are a believer, if, you, if you're someone that has come to this faith in Jesus, you know this. You have a peace in your heart that the world cannot ever take away. You have a sense of your destiny. You know that God is everything that he says he was. He's become personal to you. You know him in your life, in your heart. His spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And finally, 
as we continue to read the scripture in 1 John 5. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe that God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this is life in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And so what are the five characteristics of those who have faith in Christ, who believe? We love the offspring. We love Jesus because he's the spit image of the Father. Obeying God, following the commandments, it's not a burden. It's a joy. It's a privilege. Our faith overcomes because we believe in the one who's holding us. And we've accepted God's testimony. God's three witnesses, the water, the blood, the spirit. And ultimately, we know in our hearts that God has us and we have God. Well, how does this work for us? If you're someone that's maybe been hanging around here for a while and you wonder, how do I cross over? How do I come to this sense of faith and this belief and this personal experience and trust with God? I like the way Hugh Halter talks about how that uh, imagining Jesus moving into your neighborhood. And let's say Jesus is, uh, lives down the street from you. And you started out by waving at him and he waves back at you. And then after a while, you begin to go to his house and you got problems sometimes and you want to check him out and see uh, what he's got to say for you. And so you, you go over to his house and every time you go to his house, you you realize you don't even have to knock on the front door because he's waiting for you on the front porch. But after a while, you realize Jesus didn't come just to fix a problem. Jesus came to transform my whole life. He came to make me truly what a human being is supposed to be. He, he's turning me into a child of God. And you come to that point where you've got to invite Jesus over to your house. And you want him to come in. And you say to Jesus, you know, Jesus, I want you all the time in my life. I trust you. I believe in you. I want you to renovate my rooms and my house. I want you to make the changes you want to make. Because faith in Jesus is not some transactional thing that we do where we come up and we get our ticket to heaven. It's transformational. It's life change. It's everything. And, and what Jesus does is he, he offers us life. When we have the Son, we have life. When we try to do life without Jesus, we don't have life. Eternal life, friends, is not a, something we earn. It's not something we deserve. It's not something we have to kind of hope we get when we die. It's something that is given to us. Jesus gives us life. We, we have eternal life in this life by coming into the reality and inviting Christ 
and accepting the testimony that God has of himself. You're someone perhaps that is, is ready to, to become a believer. And if that's the case, I would invite you to uh, hang out after the worship service and, and to pray with people who are here to pray with you. Or I'd invite you to talk to one of the pastors, uh, Pastor Jason, Pastor Jim, or Pastor myself. We're here for you. And uh, there's people that email us. There's people that look us up in the foyer. There's people that walk into the office. There's people that call. There's people that text us. There's people that check us out on Facebook. I mean, whatever it is, there's nothing better. There's nothing more important than we do than to help people really step into faith in Jesus Christ. And believers, you model this. You live this. And we just don't want to be the kind of a church that says, you know, if you can't live it all the time or if you mess up, we don't want you around here. <laughs> no. We want to be the kind of people that says, you know, spirituality is messy and we're not perfect, but we have someone in our life that is, and we'd like for you to know him too. There's a story about uh, Jesus, Gabriel, and Peter. Peter and Gabriel are at uh, heaven's gate, and uh, you know, St. Peter and Gabriel, the head angel, and Gabriel says to Peter, he says, Pete, we got a problem here. we got a census problem. There's more people here in heaven than there's supposed to be. It's not according to your tally. And Peter looks down at his list. He says, you're right. You've got more people in there than supposed to be in there. What's the problem here? And They look up, they look around, and they see Jesus helping people get over the wall, slipping them in. You see, I'm not the one that holds the gate. I'm not the gatekeeper. Peter's not really the gatekeeper. Jesus is the one that holds the keys. And he's the one that wants everybody, anybody that will come in. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. So I invite you to be a person who who's ready, if you're ready, to believe and to have a life that you've never known before.